This is Confessions of a Pastor. A relentlessly real peek behind the scenes of Journey Church in Bend, Oregon. From church in a strip club to a strip mall. Going where Jesus would go to reach people Jesus would reach. The good, the bad, and the ugly. All for the glory of God. A journey of misery and miracles. Your hosts are the founders, Pastor Keith and Kara. There really is hope for everyone. Welcome, everyone. This is your host, Keith, and I'm joined here by the one and only, my co-host and my favorite person, my best friend. Introduce yourself. Kara. Wow, what an introduction. (laughs) Thanks for letting me join you. That was wild. This is Confessions of a Pastor, where we reveal to you our deepest, darkest secrets. (laughs) Maybe you will. Okay, that's not true. We just want to give you behind the scenes of our lives and and what we do at Journey Church in beautiful Bend, Oregon, Uh, the stuff you might not hear somewhere else. And uh, we're recording this on a Monday when we call this the Holy Hangover Day, the day we recover from a full Sunday. Holy Hangover has nothing to do with alcohol, has everything to do with pouring yourself out. How's your Holy Hangover today, Kara? Actually, it's not bad. I, I feel... Well-rested and fairly energized today. Which is surprising because last night you were exhausted. I was. I fell asleep early and my body just wanted to sleep. All day you just kept saying, man, I'm so tired. Uh, Let's tell our listeners, why were you so tired yesterday? Well, I joined you on Sunday morning in the services. That's right. uh, This was a first for us. Kara joined me in the pulpit, my friends. She joined me in the pulpit on the platform. She didn't necessarily preach per se, but we did a joint effort mm-hmm. in sharing the message yesterday. And yeah. I thought it was awesome. Mm-hmm. What'd you think? Uh, yeah, I, my prayer is that the, the message was, uh, came across clearly and um, people were encouraged and edified and challenged by it. Well, let's talk about leading up to this because you weren't totally sure you were going to do this almost all the way up to Sunday. That's true. You gave me an out on Friday, Friday night at midnight. You said, <laughs> if you, you have until Friday night at midnight to bail on me. And, um, I extended that on Saturday. Yeah. And then, and then graciously on Saturday, you told me, well, if it doesn't go well, the first service, you don't have to do it in the second <laughs> service. <laughs> so, so let's. Let's talk about why were you so nervous to, to join me in the pulpit? I mean, you know, granted, public speaking is scary for a lot of people. We have a larger church, so I understand that side of things. But mm-hmm. um, you, you typically speak with such poise and um, professionalism. So what, what made you nervous, fearful? Let, let's talk through some of those things um, that led up to that day. Well, I think what you said first to start with, it, it is a little terrifying to get up in front of a large audience. Um, although I would have to say I wasn't, I wasn't nervous about that. Okay. Um, I think I was, I was the most um, hesitant or nervous about um, just making sure I, I communicated what God wanted mm. um, the people to hear. You know that it, that it wasn't coming from me; that it was His message. Uh, it's not. It's something. It's such unfamiliar territory for me that um, I, you know, I think I, um, uh, I, I got so nervous. I talked myself. <laughs> I told myself things that probably weren't true. Okay. Um, you know, and I, you know, also um, sometimes people take things wrong, or yeah. you know, we've just 
done church long enough where I know that if something's said and, and the culture really, honestly, the culture we're living in is, is one of it's a cancel culture. And so, you know, if you say something that is offensive or, um, counterculture that, um, you know, I, I guess I would have this fear that I, you know, I I wouldn't want to do something to harm the church or, you know, so those things got in your head and, and, once something's in your head, you typically replay it, you repeat it. And it's not that I didn't try to coach Kara up. I mean, I was trying to encourage you that we have a good content. It's, yeah. it's, it's something that needs to be heard or said. Uh, we talked about Sabbath. We can maybe go into that a little more mm-hmm. in this episode. But ultimately, you almost talked yourself out of it. Yeah, I was pretty close. But at the end of the day, I, I never felt deep in my spirit that I shouldn't do it. Yes. Actually, <laughs> it reminds me of actually when we started the church was I, we, we've talked a little bit about this um, before in the first episode, but um, I was so unfamiliar with church planting that um, you kept saying, this is what we're going to do. You're casting a mm. vision. We're, we're even in the middle of preparing for it. And I kept going back to scripture, like begging God, I don't want to do this. I don't understand it. I don't want to. But literally every time I went to scripture, it, that scripture shot off the page at me Mm -hmm. and just said, there was no reason that, that we shouldn't do it. Um, you know, that this is actually a calling. And so, um, I, that's actually, it was a similar experience this weekend was that I couldn't, I never felt like it's something that I shouldn't do. Yes. So I want to just talk to our listeners for just a moment and really encourage someone out there that there are areas of your life that you, you don't want to do that make you uncomfortable might even cause you fear, uh, the fear of uncertainty, maybe even the fear of, uh, underperforming, even though you didn't use that word, Kara, I I did hear you say that you you wanted to share God's message, not your message. Mm -hmm. And I know that every one of us have areas of our lives that we've not stepped into yet that require faith. Yes. And, And faith is the assurance of things hoped for. You don't have it. So you've never been there before. You've never, it's not something you can see. It's faith is the assurance Mm -hmm. of things hoped for. It's the conviction or the evidence of things not seen. Mm -hmm. So you're stepping into something. You can't see it. And and I really believe that there are many people today who have stopped short Mm -hmm. of experiencing God showing up in, in faith. Yes. And, And if you really want to grow in your faith, you are going to have to be stretched You're going to have to step into the uncertainty, the unknown, maybe even the potential, because you you mentioned uh, the potential of being canceled or criticized or all those things, which is true, are all true. Yeah. We've experienced those. I've experienced those. Mm -hmm. And uh, they they can certainly be taken personally. It's you've actually, I think you have to work hard not to take those things personally. Yes. Yes. We've done it for so many years. I do think we've developed some thick skin. Yes. It's still difficult though. You know, you get a negative Google review or someone sends you a nasty email or, uh, or if someone musters up the courage to meet with you face to face and, uh, it's actually really hard not to take it personal. Even when you're trying to present God's word, you're you're trying to do the best, best you can to lead people up and you're, Mm -hmm. you're trying to inspire and equip and train and, you know, you're, you're trying to make disciples and someone comes and out of left field, shares a criticism you didn't even see coming. Mm. Uh, that can, that can be difficult, but yeah. you, you didn't receive that. No, yet. I didn't have any criticism. <laughs> I'm not yet. Uh, but what you're saying, what you were saying 
a few seconds ago just reminded me of how important it is that um, our faith has to accompany our obedience. Mm. We we have to actually step out and do what God calls us to do. Uh, we can't just believe. Yes. If we just believe and we don't walk out in faith, we mm. are just, I mean, even the demons believe, right? Right. And they, sh- they shudder. It's yeah. a place of obedience and stepping into the unfamiliar, being stretched, growing. And, and when you do that, you become stronger, your character develops, and something changes. And, you know, I, th- I think the reason most of us don't step into the uncertainty or the obedience of faith is probably based on what you said earlier, Kara. And that is when you've been hurt before, mm. it's hard to step into that again. Mm. Yeah. Uh, let, let's go there for a second. Why do you think God allows us when we step out in faith to go through some junk sometimes? Mm. Well, there is so much... Um, God is such a... He's a healer. He's a restorer. He's a redeemer. Okay. He, nothing is wasted with God. So mm-hmm. if we go through something hard, um, it is, it, it, it is, he will work it for good. Mm. So through our hard, through the things that we've been through, um, he actually somehow in his sovereignty, he flips it for good. Come on. And I mean, every single time something good comes out of something bad. That is a powerful, profound and great word. But in the moment, it doesn't feel like he's working it for good. No, it doesn't. But I would say uh, as an encouragement that to anyone that's listening, that the more you do it, faith is like a muscle. So, okay. so the more you work it, Come the on. more you do it, even even though it hurts, yes. even though you go through stuff, yes. um, you're breaking new territory. Yes. Um, and the more you see God working as you step out of faith, the more your faith construct is built. Wow. And so you have that to... Um, go off of the mm. next time you're stepping out in faith. You can say, I saw God do it and he's going to do it again. Oh, preach it girl. I, I totally agree. And so the problem then is it actually takes time. You, you've got to be disciplined enough to continually take steps of faith. But for that person that, that, that has taken a risk to forgive someone and it went from bad mm. to worse, or for that person that, that tried to get that job that, that they've been dreaming of and they didn't get it, or for that person that's taken that step of faith and it didn't yeah, work, yeah. I think the Lord sent us here today to tell you, don't give up. Yeah, He, he is going to work it for good, but yes. on top of that, sometimes you got to keep going and keep growing to get you to where God wants you to go. Yeah, I mean, it reminds me of prayer, right? Like, mm. we, we go to God in prayer for something very specific. Mm. So say it's a health issue. Yes. You know, and you go to Him in prayer, 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 and you don't see Him answering the way you want it answered. Yes. Um, you know, that that's that's challenging. Yeah, Jesus said that faith is like a mustard seed. And Mark Batterson recently, in, uh, when I read Draw the Circle as a devotion, that talks about the power of a seed. Of course, when you plant a seed, you don't see anything for a long period of time. It has to germinate. And different seeds take different Mm -hmm. periods of time before you actually will see something break forth through the soil. Mm -hmm. So at first, it seems like something's died. It seems like it's gone. It seems like, well, that was wasted. It was tiny. It didn't do anything. But after a while, with some water, Mm -hmm. with some sun, Something breaks through that soil. Now, it's not done yet. You know, I, I, he, he says in that devotion 
if I can recount correctly or accurately, uh, the sequoia tree in his lifetime will produce, well, I don't remember if it's in oh, a, a lifetime or a year, 400,000 seeds. I think that might be per year. It might be even though something gigantic. Yeah, even though sequoia will last several hundred years, I don't even know. Somebody's going to have to Google that. But let's just say several hundred thousand seeds. I thought to myself, here's the interesting interesting thing about a, a seed from a tree. Not all of them will take root. Mm-hmm. Not all of them will make seeds. Mm-hmm. So maybe if faith is like a mustard seed, let's just say faith is like a seed. Not all your seeds are going to take root. Mm. But that doesn't mean that the right seed's not yeah. going to turn into another sequoia. Yeah, amen. You know, so sometimes we got to keep trekking. And we've had that experience, you know, this past year for us. I mean, we've gone through years and years and maybe even decades now of experiences of traumatic cancel culture and people saying mean stuff, people leaving the church or whatever the case might be, maybe a negative Google review or whatever, right? This past year for us, I mean, we keep retelling our story, and at some point, we're not going to keep telling our story. It's just fresh for us. But we experienced probably one of the most difficult years, right? Yeah, but I would, I would add to that that as difficult as it was, it was that amount of healing yes, as it, well. It was it, almost went, expedited compared to the previous years. Yeah, the, the difficult and the healing went yes. hand in hand. Come on. Because when we stepped out in and, and let and, and released a lot of things and let God take over, that's when we started healing mm. and experience, really truly experiencing um, His power, His provision, His miracles. Amen. That's a great word. It was an incredibly uh, long year, but it, it's like God expedited our healing from some of the trauma, and it's, it's almost like. I'm just making this up. This is, I don't even know if this can be theologically sound here, but it's almost like God knew, hey, my, my, my children have been through a lot. I want to keep them in this. Mm. I want to yeah. make sure that they know I'm behind them because like a father, he's, he's let us go through a lot on our own, mm-hmm. uh, learn some lessons. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of those lessons were long, meaning it, it took years to learn from them. But this past year, it did not take years to learn from them. They were months, yeah. uh, maybe even weeks. And to your point earlier, once you've been through something and you grow, it's like God gives you the spiritual discernment to understand that this won't be wasted. Yes, exactly. I'm, I'm going to do something great yeah, with this. Yeah. And I, w- I also want to note too that there was th- there has been so much good, and I mean, come on, so many. God has done so much through. Yes our, you know, small act of obedience and stepping out and planting this church that we didn't have a clue what we were doing. Yes. But I'm telling you the, the stories, the, the, the stories are just tremendous. Come on. Um, so, but, so I only, I want to note that hey. because what happens is that we often focus on the negative. Yes. I mean, there was a point before we went on sabbatical last spring yes. that there was so many people were saying so many words of encouragement oh. and testimony mm-hmm. that we couldn't receive because all we were dwelling oh. in was the negative. Amen. That's a, a really good word. And that's the truth. I, I told you, right, when we got back from sabbatical, one of the impressions I got on my heart is that the Lord told me to be present in encouragement because people would give me encouragement and I would let it just go off me like, like oil. I wouldn't just let it, I wouldn't let it saturate me. Instead, I let it go off me uh, in the sense of like, okay, I heard so many encouraging words before, but I wasn't receiving it. Mm-hmm. And now it's almost like the father is using people. When they say something encouraging, I try to pause, not, not for pride's sake, 
But I try to be present to receive from the Lord that God is working. Mm-hmm. He's using me. Mm-hmm. He's, he's working at this time and this place for this reason. It's absolutely powerful. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll give you a story real quick, Kara. This is like fresh, like hot off the press the last couple of hours. I took my car in this morning to get an oil change, just an average oil change. And at the car dealership, one of uh, the mechanics actually came out to talk to one of the customer service rep guys, and and he happens to go to Journey Church Redmond. Oh, good. And so he, he saw me, gave me a big hug. He was greasy and oily, too. Gave me a big hug, and, and uh, it was Fernando. And uh, he's like, hey, my daughter was you know, played guitar last night oh, yeah. at church. And I was like, oh, yeah, she's amazing. Lily's her name. She's a phenomenal guitarist, great girl. And uh, out of that, of course, the guy behind the counter observed the exchange. I went and sat in the waiting room, wait till the end. Then he came out and told me, so, hey, have you ever been to one of those church in the parks? <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> and now church in the park, for those who don't really know us, if you're listening to this, it's, it's our largest church service annually. We go right into downtown Bend, Oregon. It's a tr- there's a park called Drake Park. It's on the river. And we do church on this in this amphitheater, several thousand people show up and we do baptisms at the end of this. Mm. Last summer, we did not participate in church in the park because we were on sabbatical. Mm. It was our first ever. First time Uh, we had ever not done it. Yes. And it was very hard for our youngest daughter. It was probably one of the hardest days of her life. Yes. She's 14. So she's spent her entire life at Journey Church. Literally. She's never not known uh, Journey Mm -hmm. Church. So church in the park was huge for her because she'd show up early and there'd be, you know, I don't know if there's dozens of bounce houses, but lots and lots of bounce houses. I mean, obstacle courses and stuff for the kids. And so her going early as a child, she always got to experience everything before all the other kids. Yeah. So she felt special. People treated her special. So this year... I would note, though, the reason we weren't there is because we were on sabbatical. Yeah. So so this year we missed Church in the Park because of sabbatical. And uh, we weren't there. And there was... Man, there, I, I think there was over 2,500 people this year. Yeah, that was the word we got. And I think there were 75 baptisms. And I say all that because he's like, uh, my wife got baptized at oh, Church in the Park. so good. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't know his story. And so I said, oh, do you go to Journey Church Bend or Journey Church Redmond? Because there's two different churches. There's one in the city north of us in Redmond. We planted Which we a few, planted, years, right? yeah, a few yeah. years ago. And uh, it's just powerful story. And he's like, well, someone invited us. We went and at the end of it, my wife said, I want to get baptized. Mm. And he's like, we don't go to church. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, a testimony. And oh, I'll, you need to. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I tried to encourage him. Mm. Of course, once he found out I was a pastor, he started treating me different. His language changed. And all of a sudden he started using the word blessed. And I'm like, okay, okay, come on, come on. Uh, we can get real, you know, but just, just a powerful story of, I mean, I, I don't even think we were probably at that church in the park because he didn't say exactly. I think it was implied it was last year, but mm-hmm. I don't even think he knew it was a tradition. He says, you ever heard of Church in the Park? And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> we started it. <laughs> exactly. So uh, just a really, really cool to see what God's doing at Journey Church Redmond, Journey Church Bend, but Church in the Park. It, just a, a living testimony of, of what God can do. Even when we weren't there, still there were 75 baptisms in the river that day. Oh, it's amazing. Um, uh, to, to see the fruit of uh, something that we stepped out in faith to do 13 years ago yes. is really, really, it's beautiful. Yes. And and to be present when people give encouragements, then when people discourage, which they will, and sometimes they have a reason to. Sometimes there's something we can learn from it or mm-hmm. whatever the case might be, but there's only really in in our field of, <laughs> of 
of doing church, if you will, it's probably one discouragement to every 50 positives, you know, and it might even be a greater number. I'm just making that number up, but I'm just saying there are way more powerful um, encouragements out there for every discouragement. Mm -hmm. For some reason, those just pierce, Mm -hmm. you know, and they hit different, they hit different and uh, they can get personal. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes it's the methodology because Christians can suck. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know why, but Christians can be some of the meanest people, Mm unkind. Uh, now the word of God says we should be opposite. We should be kind. We should be gentle. I mean, we, we should represent the fruit of the spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness. Yeah. We should yeah. express all of who God is, but instead some man, sometimes Christians, they could just be the opposite of those things. And so just one unkind word from a Christian, sometimes it just can stick in your head. I think the enemy loves that because he, he will do what he was trying to do to you last week. Get a discouraging word in your mind and replay it. Mm. And then it doesn't matter if someone's trying to encourage you. You're only replaying what you want to hear because mm-hmm. the enemy is putting on repeat mm-hmm. some type of negativity, some type of discouragement. Like you said it on Sunday, you know, God created all that he did in Genesis chapter one. He said, it is good. Mm-hmm. And then when it came to mankind, he said, it is very good. And then you said this, whatever God creates is good. So if it's not of God, excuse me, I'm if, saying that if wrong. If it's not good, it's, it's not of God. Amen. I thank you. I if don't it's even not know good, it's not of God. how that works out, but that's how I feel. Well, I'm, I'm going to say that's true because at the end of the day, Romans 8.28, which we were, we were alluding to earlier, God works all things together for good yes. for those who love him. So whether it's discouragement or pain or suffering, which are all ultimately a byproduct of sin, yes. which is a, a byproduct of the curse yes. found in Genesis 3. Which so not God's plan for us. Yeah, it wasn't initially God's plan. I mean, God instituted and said, well, now there's a curse, but he also instituted the solution for that. So, you know, theologically, we, this would be a good wrestling match. Yeah. I appreciate a good MMA combat. So, you know, I think there, I think there could be a good like dialogue. Is this of God? Well, I think what it could come down to is, is this thought good or is it not good? If the thought's not good, it's not of God. God, You know, Paul, when, when he is instructing the Corinthian church, I didn't put my Bible in front of me for this podcast, but maybe here, grab my Bible's on the other side of the table. Paul, when he's talking about the, to the Corinthian church, specifically about warfare, he said we should take every thought captive, mm. you know, and, and, and he actually was speaking specifically of, of spiritual warfare. I'm referencing 2 Corinthians 10, when he says, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. So anything that's against the knowledge of God, here's what he says, and take every thought captive to obey Christ. I love that. Because not even just taking the thought captive and saying, oh, is this of God? Now it requires obedience. Mm -hmm. Am I going to do what God says to do? Am I going to do the right thing, even if I don't know it? Being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. That's every thought, the good, the bad, the ugly, and saying, I'm going to obey Jesus at any cost. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a challenge. Yes, and specifically for me, I think where the challenge has been, Kara, is, all right, if, if we lost everyone in our church, would I still obey Jesus? My flesh says, well, 
I want to be liked. I want to be loved. I want to have a following. Uh, you know, I want, I want all these things that come from the natural eyes because that would show success. But, but in God's eyes, it doesn't say that. I know that one thing that this is just reminding me of what you're saying that we really clung to, um, during the, the sabbatical, which we haven't even really talked about on here, but, um, one thing that we really talked about and clung to mm-hmm. was that we only want to go where the presence of God is. Come on. And so that what you're saying just reminds me it, it for me, when I think about what you're saying, I, on a very soul level, if God is calling us to it, mm-hmm. we do it. Okay. And it will be, it, it might be hard, but it will be fruitful. Mm, right. That's good. So even if, we, I don't know, you know, we, we came back, the church was a couple hundred smaller, you know, even if there's things that are not, um, what, yeah. what you see, yeah. if God is in it, yes, it will be fruitful. Come on. It will produce fruit. Yes. It will. It's the principle of sowing. God says, we're the ones to sow the seed. We're the ones to water, but he's the one to make it grow. That makes it grow. So we've got to be faithful to plant those seeds and this specific case, I'm talking about preaching the word of God, getting the word out, making disciples. Uh, we're we're to, to bring water to a dry world. I'm thinking specifically of Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, that we're going to see streams of water in the desert. Mm-hmm. God's going to make a way. Yes. So we're, we're to participate in what God's doing. And by the mystery, the sovereignty and the power of God, he makes it happen. Yes. He, he absolutely does. And to your point earlier about... Uh, when we came back from sabbatical, it, it was like a different church. There were people that had been a part of the church for years. Last year, we were gone for three months, July, August, September. We came back. There were staff that were gone. There were people that were sitting in the seats every single Sunday, people who were serving in our, our, our ministries as uh, volunteers. We call them superheroes at our church. We lost so much. And yet, because we were so restored by God in the sabbatical, because we were so refreshed, because we were renewed, because we had new vision, because there was a new fervor, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm going to use a a term that's not theological at all, but this is confessions of a pastor. I I was full of piss and vinegar. Mm. I I came to declare war on the devil over our region to say, listen... We have victory in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. I am more than a conqueror through Christ who loves me. You know, I want to go backwards a few verses from that text I read. Paul says, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. Mm. And, And when people come to us and they, whatever the case might be, Paul says in Ephesians 6 that we, we don't battle against flesh and blood. So this is not against other people. This is a spiritual war. He goes on to say, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. We can't fight like everyone else. But he goes on to say, but we have divine power to destroy strongholds. Yes. I think for me, pre-sabbatical, I was operating in the natural and I was operating in the flesh. I mean, I could read leadership books. I could I can try to have um, logical conversations with people. I mean, I remember we probably one of the more traumatic things that happened is we had a guest speaker and uh, there were people that disagreed with the guest speaker, a version of the Bible that was used, uh, the methodology of the preaching. And that's when like really the kind of poop hit the fan for us last year. And I think in the moment had the apostle Paul preached that to me and I let the spirit of God speak to me. Listen, you have divine power to, to break those, destroy those strongholds. I even like his language, destroy those strongholds. We probably would have been in a different place. 
but, but I received it and it was painful. And the moment it was confusing in hindsight. Now, here we are a year later, mm. more than a year later. And now we say, Oh God, you worked that Oh, he did. I, that's what we, what, that's what we said just a few minutes yes. ago. He, nothing's wasted with God. Nothing. He works together all things for the good for Amen. those who love him. Come on. And he worked that thing together for yes, good. Yes. And it, it was a difficult season. I learned a lot. I've told you repeatedly, that was some of the greatest leadership lessons of my life. I would have much preferred to go through something good, to go to a conference and get inspired. But instead, I had to go through some difficult days. I had to listen a lot. I had to pray a lot. And I had to come to a conclusion that, you know, Jesus said, I will build my church. This is his church. Mm -hmm. And I just want to be faithful to him. I want to be obedient to him. I want to test, mm -hmm. is this of God? Is it not of God? You know, and this, his plans can't fail. You know, people right. fail, people can do, uh, uh, people can be mean sometimes, but at the end of the day, God is good. He's not a mean God and he doesn't shame us when we make mistakes. He loves us. We get to learn from him. Um, it's, it's been awesome. Kara, this, we didn't know, we're not scripting this. We didn't even take any notes for today's podcast, but, um, there's some stuff in my mind I thought we'd get to, but, um, you know, we're, we're kind of running out of time in terms of not um, stretching this too far. Uh, I want to just talk just a moment so we don't forget yesterday was Sunday. What were some highlights for you yesterday? You, you got in the pulpit, you broke through the <laughs> barriers of fear and insecurity. You did it. Uh, we had three services yesterday. Just what are some highlights mm. that you experienced? Oh, good question. Um, well, I just, I, every Sunday I look forward to because I think we, God is present. Yes. He's moving. Come on. Uh, and I can just speak for Journey Church in Bend, mm. Oregon. He is moving in Journey Church Amen. in Bend, Oregon. And there's, the spirit is there. Yes. Tell the Holy Spirit is moving. And um, there, I think there was such a powerful time of worship mm. uh, yesterday that I actually, even though I was um, going to join you on the stage, I wasn't nervous. Um, I think because the, the worship team ushered us into such a beautiful wow. place with God that, mm -hmm. um, I was in the presence of him and he just kept reminding me all throughout the morning, like th this place is holy ground. Wow. Um, this is his house and, and it's, it's a place that's holy ground. So, um, I was blessed by that, even though I was getting on the stage with you and I, I've had quite a few women and men too, actually yes. just uh, thank us for, um, speaking together, for speaking very vulnerably mm. about something. You know, we talked about Sabbath yes. and we really didn't understand what it meant to Sabbath or how to take a true Sabbath until we were really forced into it. When right. we speak about last spring, we really were crashing and burning for a whole variety of reasons. And, um, and we were, we were put into a position where we were, we really had to take a Sabbath. We really didn't have a lot of other options. Mm. Um, it was either that or, or flee, you know, it, it was run yeah. from all of it. And, um, and so we have an amazing leadership team. We have an amazing elder team and they walked us through a, a beautiful sabbatical that, so grateful. and a sabbatical is just an extended Sabbath. So, um, they walked us through something and they allowed us, they released us to go. And, um, that's such a beautiful thing. And so we got to actually tell a little bit of that story. Yes. And not only that, there's, there's power in testimony. First of all, I believe in the power of testimony that it's, it's, um, building up other people's faith yes. that what God did for us, he can do for you. Yes. So we got to tell that story. Um, it's how we overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb yeah, the and the of word testimony. of our testimony. Absolutely. And I am a firm believer Unashamedly. in Unashamedly. Yeah. I mean, really, God really, really, really did miracles in those three months that we were, um, resting and away and, 
abiding in Jesus and Amen. reflecting on his faithfulness. Um, so we got to tell that story. And we also, we also got to really um, impart to people the power of Sabbath and Amen. how important it is. At different seasons of life. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is one of the Ten Commandments. It is the one that has probably given the most space to mm. um, in the commandments. And Frequently. Yeah. Consistently. And consistently. Um, God commanded it. He, he did it actually first in, in when he created. He, he rested. And then he institutes it in the commandments. Mm. And then we see, which I mentioned yesterday, where like, you know, in the, through the New Testament, the life of Jesus, anytime it's a Sabbath and Jesus is there, someone's going to get healed. Yes. Um, someone's going to be set free. There's mm. going to be some type of restoration that happens. So it was... It, I, I love that. Yeah. L- looking at Sabbath through the lens of Jesus, that was profound. He flips upside down our understanding that he, he would. He would surprise people. Something powerful... And profound would happen on the Sabbath. Yeah. He, he's the Lord of the Sabbath. But when we cease from our regular rhythms and routines, we allow God to do something different. Yes, exactly. And what we got to do was was uh, state claim to that and say, we experienced this. We Amen. are not just telling you this. <laughs> our lives were changed because of this. We literally walked into something so broken and tired and through it, we started mm. dreaming again. We, we got, you know, started getting vision again yes. and just really God just reset us and, and sent us back into, um, the calling that he has us in and, and really into leading a new movement Amen. that is very driven by the Holy spirit. I love that. So uh, powerful. If you missed that, you go just go YouTube or uh, Google Journey and Bend. And the title of the sermon is The Celebration of Restoration. The Celebration of Restoration. Something we all need, no matter who you are, what season of life you're in, you need the Celebration of Restoration. My uh, couple highlights for me yesterday, oh, yeah. uh, I would say uh, just seeing people get saved never gets mm, old. That was so good. Uh, this, you, know, you talk about God moving. We're seeing the fruit of it. We talked about Sabbath and people got saved. That was incredible. That, I walked off the stage when you were doing the altar call and I was looking at, at the room and I'm just shocked still at the hands that get raised over a topic like the Sabbath, right? It, it's God. And we, you know, if you need Jesus and then the Holy Spirit leads you and the Father's drawing you, people will get saved. And we want to give every opportunity we can for someone to get saved. And that was incredible to me see, seeing so many people get saved. And then I did an altar call on Sunday night. It's our pursuit night where we worship and we pray. And normally I don't do altar call those. It's typically driven towards those who are uh, already uh, more mature in their faith. They're growing. They want to worship. They want to pray. And I decided, I don't know why, I just I actually had Reinhard Bonnke in my mind, who's a great evangelist who's um, passed away. He's He would do these massive... Um, Oh, what crusades? Is, crusades, yes, exactly. And he would seize the moment to do altar calls. One comes to my mind that's in his book where he was speaking to a room full of pastors at a hotel, and the Holy Spirit told him, do an altar call. And he said, Lord, why would I do that? These are all pastors. <laughs> and the Lord just told him in his, in his heart, do an altar call. And that's how I felt last night. I'm like, this is a worship and prayer night. These are all Christians. Yeah, that's so funny. I was actually and, wondering. I was thinking while you were doing it. Like, and and when Reinhard Bucky did this, he said he did the altar call. He had his eyes closed and he looked up and people started making their way towards the altar at this all pastors um, uh, meeting at this hotel. And do you know who the people were coming forward? Do you know the story? I don't. I don't think so. 
It was the hotel workers. Oh, that's amazing. So, he, so good. The Lord told him to do this altar call, not for the pastors there, yeah. but for the workers, for the servers, for the waiters, for the for the people that were there. And he did an altar call and God responded. And last night I did it and there was three people that got saved. Mm, three people so that raised their hands. And I, I kind of lingered in this a little bit. And I said, really, if you're not saved and you want to give your life to Jesus, now's your moment to surrender your heart. And I mean, I was really explaining it. And just to think, like, had I not done that, today would be different. So just a big highlight for mm-hmm. me yesterday, just to continue to see God work. Mm-hmm. And I just want to encourage you today, wherever you are, would you see God work in your life? The good, the bad, the ugly, you're going through a difficult day. What you heard today from us is Romans eight twenty eight. God is going to work this together for mm-hmm. good. So keep loving him. Be faithful. Be obedient. Take every thought captive. Mm-hmm. Test it. See if it's of God. Get into his word today and, and just waiting to see what God does. So I've got a confession, Kara. <laughs> Uh-oh. No, I'm, I'm dead serious. This is a true confession. I've got a piece so bad. Oh, my goodness. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, so I don't mean to be crude or anything, but um, we're going to wrap this up. So uh, we're so grateful that you joined us today on this third episode of Confessions of Pastor. Any final thoughts? I don't think so. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. Thanks for joining us on the journey of Confessions of a Pastor. Please hit subscribe and rate. We are better together. See you next time.